0: Uh, today things are a little bit different Jess. like we have a new name
1: i uh yes we do are you ready to announce it well we did announce it last week but not officially
0: yes and so and the twitter handle has changed as well i'll make sure it's in the show notes but it's on digital fm there someone has the twitter handle on digital and they haven't used it since 2012 and that's never a good thing because like there's not even a person you could get a hold of if they haven't used it since 2012 there's no way you're ever going to get a hold of that person so it's just on digital fm it's actually the same account that we had before but we just never used it and i changed the handle Um and you may have noticed if you listened last week if you listened we published the episode on thursday if you listened later than friday it could have been confusing because you've already seen the artwork because what happens is from the moment that I change it, it updates that RSS feed. So if your reader, if your podcast player pulls the feed down after that, it already had the new name and the new artwork. So there is uh, a new, obviously, if you're listening to us, you've figured it out. You're very smart, which we think all of our listeners are very smart. But UnDigital is the new name and the artwork is very simple. But um, we just, we like to change things up a little bit.
1: I love it. Uh, I love the artwork. Very crisp and clean, and hopefully we are not confusing you anymore with how many steps it's going to take you to improve your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. There's just no steps, are. We can't help you improve your life. Actually, that's not true. Hopefully, as far as technology goes, maybe we can come up with some practical things through our conversations that might actually be be helpful. So, We are going to dive into some smart home stuff today, which I'm excited about. Um, and I don't think we actually have any follow up necessarily from last week, except for I did just want to say that I, after I listened back to our episode, I was thinking about the when we were talking about the Apple Watch Ultra and kind of just the conversation like who's it for? And it really like everyone is thinking of it as being for people who do extreme athletic stuff. But it occurred to me and I actually did write an article I hasn't published yet, but that's why I'm saying this. Um, it will have published, I think, by the time this episode published, that the very best feature of it is not any of the extreme stuff. It's just that the battery lasts forever. I went back and I had been tweeting when, when I was traveling in Denmark. And when I got back on the so I was tweeting out pictures of the battery life of the Apple Watch Ultra as I went and I didn't charge it the whole time. And when I got back on the plane, I still had like 16 percent battery life. And I thought, like, that's got to be the best feature because no one, you, we talked a lot about battery life with, with your phone last week and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think for most people, the ability to just use technology, use a device, and just not have to worry whether they're going to make it through a full day or two full days or three full days without charging it is definitely a killer feature. So
1: it really is. But when I think about it, like, I don't know if I'd be able to, like, leave my watch on for that long. I would be so anxious that, you know, that it would go low because if I go a full day, I will, I'll get that ominous like 10% battery warning and then I have to go put, go put it on there but I like I'm just used to like I keep a charger right here on my desk and then like it charges it in 30 minutes and I'm good to go so my routine is probably you know I get up I start working I take my watch off which I'm going to do right now and I put it on my charger and then it's good for the rest of the day
0: well and see I put this thing on I'm, I'm actually in California right now but I got up at like 3 30 which is basically it's normal I, for you, right? When I would have gotten up on the East Coast, <laughs> whatever, my whole thing is kind of messed up. But I've been wearing it now for, I guess that's almost five hours, and this thing is at 97%. So, like, that's just...
1: Nice. That's pretty it's, impressive.
0: It's kind of ridiculous. So, anyway. but Okay, so, I think this is going to be fun because we're going to talk a little bit about all the the three major smart home ecosystems and their devices and i feel like we should warn per- people up front that we are going to say the names of them on a like i can't i can't i'm i'm, I'm apologizing in advance but cannot be held responsible if we start activating <laughs> all of your echo devices so if you want to turn something off this is your fair warning that we will be saying the names so i apologize in advance if we start activating. Everyone I might else. even activate
1: so, my own in here. I should have unplugged it before, but <laughs> I have major FOMO. So like, what if I miss out? Like, what if uh, someone shows up at my front door and Alexa's going to tell me someone's there?
0: Yes, so <laughs> this will be fun. I have no smart devices in the room I'm in cuz I'm in a hotel room in San Francisco, yeah. so I don't have to worry. Although, there's a decent chance that Siri will be listening to me. But anyway. So, always is. Yeah, and and we have a daughter named Macy and that apparently sounds a lot like Hey Siri. Mm-hmm. And so she just responds to everything in our house. So, okay. So I think this kind of came up because you had, we have this like little list of things that we think would be useful topics. And you had put on there like which Alexa devices are actually useful. And it kind of made us think like, what if we just went through all of the different ecosystems? And so I kind of broke it down by the Apple Home stuff, the Google Assistant stuff, and the Amazon. And I think we should actually do Apple last mostly because I think it's most people don't think about it as much because they don't make their own devices beyond like the Apple TV and the home pods. Right. Whereas Google and Amazon make, I went through and started making a list and there's just, there's a lot. And so
1: there really are and growing, you know, there, there's no end in sight here really, especially if you're talking about third party integrations to it. So,
0: so kind of to set the stage, I think it'd be fun if, we, you and I, each just sort of describe what devices we currently have in our house and and kind of how we use them, and then we can kind of go because it. Neither of us are entirely locked into one system, although you're probably mm-hmm. much more into one system than we are our, at our house. But I think it'd just be kind of fun. So I'm happy to start, and then have you and then you can kind of explain as well. Does that sound good? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So we use all three. At our house we use um we, we use Apple TVs for all of our TVs. We have no cable. That's like the only thing plugged into our televisions except for we have a Nintendo Switch that also plugs into our basement television for when the kids want to play with it. But other than that there is no DVD players, there are no cable boxes. It's just Apple TVs. We have 3 of them that plug into our TVs. One of them is a fork. Used to be the most recent, although Apple just announced new ones. We can get to that later. But it was the most recent Apple 4K. The other two are just the eight, the Apple, the previous version that are not 4K, because those televisions are not 4K. Um, so we use those for all of our televisions. We have HomePods as our main speakers in our living room, and they're wonderful. And we have HomePod Minis as our um, speakers in our bedroom, and those are great as well. And I have a HomePod Mini in our in my office so that's sort of the extent of the apple and that's really reflective of the fact that apple just doesn't make very many home devices right they used to make wi-fi routers back in the day i don't know if you remember that jess but they were at the time the best wi-fi routers the airport base stations they were the best thing you could buy and if apple were to make one thing one thing i don't care about a vr headset i don't care about a car i don't care about a tv (laughs) i just wish that they would make wi-fi routers again so but we can get to that so um, interesting yeah, yeah, I really, yes. Anyway, because Wi-Fi routers are such a pain in the butt, right? Once you find a they setup are, that you yeah. like, that's, that's great. But it is just, I just would much prefer that Apple did that because their stuff just works. So beyond that, we do have three Echo Dots with the LED clock. I think these are like two years old. I'm pretty sure they came mm-hmm. out during the pandemic. And we have three of them, one in each of our kids' bedrooms. Um, and really the only reason that we bought them is because they have clocks on them and our kids use them as alarm clocks Mm. and then they can play music on them and stuff like that but we are not very deep into the amazon alexa ecosystem Ecosystem. yes but we do have those so at least we're kind of familiar and i do like i will say to amazon's credit i do like the fact that it's pretty easy for me to go into the alexa app And either A, send like broadcast messages to their bedrooms, which is so much fun. And I I love love that they have all the sound effects. Like they have like a honking horn and like fart sounds and all these different (laughs) things. And our children think it's, yeah. Anyway, so that's great. And I also like that I can go in and set alarms on their devices, which is kind of helpful when they forget to set their own alarms. But other than that, that's the extent of our Amazon stuff. The rest of our home stuff is all... Google. We have a collection of like the everything from the little uh, Google Home speakers, which are basically the equivalent of like a Amazon Echo, up to the bigger ones. We have a Nest thermostat, and we have three of the Google Home Hub like display devices. Right, like one the Nest Hub. Yeah. Yes, and they're very confusing. One of ours is a Nest Hub Max, which has a camera, so it serves as a like a security camera it sits in our kitchen and, it, and it's, it's great because it it um the kids they actually use it more than like our kids walk up to and ask google questions all the time right they love that thing because it has it's it got a display so it'll show a picture of the thing that they're asking about it'll show them the weather right um, but it also serves as a nest camera for like home security purposes we have a couple of their of their home security cameras uh, I was going to say where they are, but I probably shouldn't just, <laughs> that probably defeats the whole <laughs> purpose. But we do have two of the Nest Cams. They're, um, they're both actually wired, but what's really cool about them is that they are capable of being wireless. So like you can mount them anywhere and it just attaches and then you can charge them like once a week or something like that, which is kind of cool. So um, and all of that stuff feeds into the Google app, which is terrible. I, that's the that's the downside of the google home actually all of the apps are kind of terrible even the alexa app is terrible because it's,
1: it's kind of like, cumbersome to navigate yeah it's, especially if you have a lot of devices but not only
0: that it's constantly trying to sell me stuff it's like set an alarm for you know such and such device, and it's like, did you know for four ninety nine you can buy premium? I'm like, I don't care, I don't want to pay for alarm tones. I just want my kid to get out of bed in the morning, like that's
1: it. <laughs> every that, it's true, and it reminds me of the Ring app too, because we got a Ring doorbell, and every time I click on something, they're like, oh yeah, you can access this if you buy this for sixty nine dollars.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would pay four ninety nine if my kid would get out of bed. That would be true. That that would be worth paying for. But other than that, so. I think that that is the extent of the, each of the devices that we have, like we have, oh, I'm sorry. We do have, so I mentioned we have three of the display type things. One is that Google Home Hub Max. Um, that's not the actual name. It's called the Nest Hub Max. But then we also have two of these Nest Hubs, which have a display, but they don't have a camera. Okay we have I, I have one of those in my office and literally the only thing it does is show me photos so that's <laughs> so it a picture frame it's it's a, it's a picture <laughs> frame it's a, it's a very good picture frame um and it's it, it's i guess it's useful because i can tell it to turn off the lights in my office yeah is, okay fair nice. enough but i don't need a display to do that but it is kind of nice and then we have one in our bedroom and the only reason we have one is that that one does sleep tracking and so, and so, and it, and it basically serves as the alarm clock. That's what we actually use as an alarm clock in the morning. And it's nice because at night it just has giant, like it serves as a clock. You can just see the letters on it and stuff like that. So,
1: what device is that that tracks your sleep? The Nest Hub,
0: the second. The Nest generation, Hub will do that without yeah.
1: wearing a watch, and
0: yes. So and it does. Okay. And so the fun thing about that side note, just for people who are curious about this, not to divert us too far, but. Um, so I was sent that to like review by Google a while back to specifically. I remember us talking
1: about it and I was I was intrigued.
0: Yes, specifically for the sleep sensing. And it what it does is you like lay in your bed, not while you're sleeping, and you tell it I'm laying in my bed, and then it like uses sonar to like define the area where you're sleeping so that it doesn't track the sleep of anyone else who might also be like your spouse or partner or whoever. And so it'll track your sleep, and it can detect your breathing. Like it can detect that slight of motion of your breathing. And what was amazing is I would so I wear both my Apple Watch, and use that, and they like line up almost precisely, like in terms of, like, how many breaths per minute they think you're taking, and the times you're sleeping, and all that different stuff. And the the nice thing that the Nest device also does is it kind of measures your quality of sleep. And like when you're snoring so it does give you a bunch of data that the watch can't give you because like the watch to my knowledge does not listen for snoring so
1: no yeah i don't think so there are certain apps that claim they can but i have not tried them because they are paid right. apps and i refuse to pay for someone to track my sleep yes like a but
0: <laughs> but if you use the google fit i think it's called google fit i will double check to make sure and if it's not called google fit i'll make sure it's in the show notes. But if you use that app, it can take it can like merge the data from your watch. You give it permission through the Health app on your iPhone, and it will take the sleep data from your watch and combine it with the sleep data from the the Nest sleep sensing. I want that. Yeah, to, because here's the thing: <laughs> the Nest device can't track your heart rate, right? Because it doesn't right. have any way to know what your heart rate is, and mm-hmm. your watch doesn't have the same access to like your to to your breathing necessarily in the same way right. that that does so it's kind of nice to be able to combine the two so anyway interesting that's
1: side now i'm gonna i use sleep as a third-party app to track my sleep and i'm just i'm worried about the accuracy and then i get in my head if like my sleep score was under 800 i'm like oh, i'm gonna feel like horrible today but i'm like i think i slept fine <laughs> so i don't know yeah. how much i should rely on that i should maybe you know assess how i feel as a human being a little bit more
0: okay yeah. so then uh I think that's all of the devices that we have. And Oh, I'm sorry. And our Wi-Fi is the Google. Um, we're using the Google like mesh network, which oh, okay. is basically the um, Google Wi-Fi. And actually, I'm sorry. We have the Nest. This is so confusing because, you know, Google bought Nest, which were the people that made the thermostat many years ago. And then they sort of used Nest as their brand for their entire home smart home stuff, except for not everything. So like there is a Google Wi-Fi device and then there's a Nest Wi-Fi device. The main difference being that the nest wi-fi devices i think also serve as google speakers right so you can talk what? to your wi-fi you can talk to them no. they have a spe- yeah they have a speaker so okay. like for the google assistant so like if you have one of those wi-fi hub extender things you can tell mm-hmm. it you can tell it to turn the lights off
1: or turn the lights on or whatever okay Okay. So- all right i could see how that would be useful i thought we were going to have to get an extender or some kind of like i've heard you talk about the mesh thing before um when we moved to a bigger house but we just got like the most the fastest internet we could from the provider we already had and it's worked really well so far and we're on a million devices so we've we've lucked out so far
0: yeah and we i did. think the advantage of having the mesh is depending on the size and the shape of your house Oftentimes, the point at which your internet comes into your house is it's going to be on an outside wall, usually, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's where they cut, that's where they drill holes to run cables. But if you have a like a 2,500 square foot house or something, that outside you put your Wi Fi router next to that where your cable hookup comes in. What about like if you have a two story house in the far other side or whatever? So basically, at our house, when we were when our kids were doing school at home, that was in the basement, um, in a basically in a spare bedroom so we put a we we got one of these mesh network setups because we could put one of the extenders in my office which was next door because there were times when we'd have five people on zoom at the same time and they're just far enough away from the main base station upstairs that it was sometimes not an ideal situation and so it's definitely worth looking at ours the the there's we we could do like five episodes just on uh, wi-fi networks all i'm gonna say is what i like about the google one is it was very easy to set up there are probably faster ones the era which amazon makes i think is faster i don't care like it was easy to set up it it worked plays nicely with all of our other smart home devices like that's all i cared about so
1: yeah never underestimate the power of a smooth user experience Um, 100 100%, percent yep I am all on board on that. So, um, yeah, that's what I'll be getting if we have to get one. And, like, we have fewer kids than you. No one's at home on Zoom. So during the day, it's just me. And when everyone's here and on TV and on video games, it's been fine. But we do have our houses over that size that you said. And we have actually have the router up in my daughter's room, which seems to be like a magic spot. Of course, she was, you know, upset about how... It affected the aesthetic of her interior design, but she has thus far found a way to continue living. When she's playing <laughs> Roblox,
0: when she's playing Roblox and doesn't have to worry about whatever, she's probably happy. So,
1: she—I don't think she plays Roblox anymore, but it used to be like all the time. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I gave her my old MacBook when I got this one that we talked about in previous episodes, and that—you um, know—I wiped that thing clean, and it became a Roblox machine, and for <laughs> Everything else that they want to use, they have to share that one. So. Yeah, they asked me when I got my new work computer if they could have my the new one that I bought, and I was like, absolutely not. That is way too expensive for a twelve-year-old. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah. Before we go off okay. um, off on a tangent, let's. Um, you ready to talk about our setup over here? Yep.
0: Yep. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Um, I'll start with downstairs just so I can give like a logical flow. <laughs> so. Downstairs, we do have um, recently we added we start right at the front door, the um, the ring doorbell, which obviously integrates with Alexa. And that is our primary uh, system that we use um, way back in the be- beginning when both Alexa and Google Home were released. I was a Google Home user. I was I did a bunch of research. I decided I was going to go the Google Home route. Um, and I just I don't know if it's because I was an early adopter and there were there were snags in both types of devices. Like I eventually switched over to Alexa and never went back. Um, That being said, we do have um, Nest thermostats, but so down there we have um, the ring doorbell and then we have um, a Fire TV cube in the living room. Um, And then we have in the kitchen, which kind of goes catty corner to the living room. um, We have, I just upgraded this. I did have the original Echo Show, which was in dire need of an update. So Best Buy was having a sale and I went and got the Echo Show 10, which well, the way you describe it, having not used a, um, a Google Nest Hub Max, whatever that crazy naming convention is, seems really similar. It has the camera. It follows you across the room, which is kind of a glitchy feature. I actually just recently turned it off because I'm always having to move it back to where I want it. But it's got a really nice speaker in the middle that sits as the base and then it swivels around and then... Um, everyone in the family um, set up their profile with their picture. So if you walk by, it sees you and it will change the profile. It's like, hello, Jess, hello, Marcus, Reese, whatever. And that's actually kind of fun. Um, and the, the net, all the streaming services it, on it are really fast. Like I'll watch Netflix while I'm cooking. Um, my daughter gets in there and she, you know, she's doing chores or whatever. So that was a really helpful upgrade. Um, I like that one a lot. They have the other one, I think, I don't know if it's the 11 or twelve you actually can mount on a wall but we have which was appealing to me but we have subway tile in our kitchen and I wasn't about to mount on subway tile so um and I think we got that on sale for like 200 bucks and they're normally 250 so that's a good one and then there's another room downstairs that is um my husband's like game room it was funny when you were talking to me about how you have no um, cable nothing's plugged into your tv except for your apple tv That's how every other TV is. But down there, it's all of his like old school video game systems. He even bought a DVD player like no one's ever going to (laughs) use from Best Buy just to have a complete setup. And I can't tell you when we moved in here how many different kinds of cords and adapters he bought just to set everything up. And I'm like, where did all this stuff come from? It was like in our attic, under our bed, whatever. But so that's kind of like um, it's an observatory room. When people come over, they like love to see the, the old school game room. But um, he has a, a dot down in there, too. That's the one piece of technology he has that, besides um, a CD player and a DVD player, that is, that is smart. Okay, and then upstairs. Um, okay, so if we go up the stairs. In my office, I have um, in another fire cube, and so I use that to control my light, to control my fan, um, and to control my TV. So that's the only thing in here. And then in our bedroom, we have another one of those. (laughs) and It controls just the TV. And then in my kids' bedrooms, they both have Echo Dots. They're both fairly old, but they use it for the same thing that your kids do. They set their alarms on it. I can usually hear them, you know, so-and-so, wake me up at whatever time. So one thing we found really helpful is, like, changing the wake words on some of them. Because I realize how sensitive they are. Like, if I'm in my bedroom, it would often pick my my office so I changed that one to echo and this one in here stayed Alexa Nice. She didn't respond. <laughs> so that's um, a little bit of the setup. and then we also replaced the old school thermostats with the Google Nest. and I actually found those to be to be really helpful. There are a ton of expensive thermostat smart systems on the market. Google Nest was by far the least expensive and um, actually works really well. except for this really cranky thing about them is they want you to you have to get this adapter if you don't have a certain type of like a C hub thing. And I had to have an electrician come install it because I was trying not to die. (laughs) But, um, we also use, um, that one thing we really haven't adopted or gotten into is, um, the Apple home and Siri devices. So obviously we have it on our phones and on our watches. I just got a new car. I say new, I bought it used, but it's a, (laughs) it's a a Fiat 500 X and it has Siri built in. Which is first I was like, well, that's kind of cool. But then I also have it on my watch right there. So there, like it doesn't you know, show up on a display, but it will just you know, give me information I need. Um, I did try the, the um, Alexa car device. I forget what it's called. Um, it was on sale for like $15. And now I know why, because it was absolutely useless. <laughs> so when I got my new car, I threw it away. What I was hoping is that it would actually like give me GPS directions, like tell me where to turn. And such, but it doesn't have any of that capability. It's basically just like having an echo dot in your car with no location services. So
0: Yeah. So um, it's called the tell. it's it's called the Echo Auto Smart Speaker. Yes, that's what it and, is. And yeah. and it is. It just you can talk to it and it will play like music. It's just like having, yes, an echo, but it's
1: And it falls off all the time. Like you clip it onto your AC um blinds or whatever you want to call them and it like anytime i hit a bump it just fall off. That thing went in the trash. Yeah. Sorry, Alexa. Like I like um, for Amazon, I love most of your stuff, but that one was certainly a miss, And every company has misses sometimes. Um, and I used to use Apple TVs, um, but I just the main reason I haven't gotten to the Apple Home devices is because their price points are so much higher than both Google and Amazon. So whatever I could get from them, like if I was already having my needs met by other devices, I didn't really find the need to explore those too much.
0: Okay, so I'm sorry. Do you have more?
1: No, I was just um wondering, thinking about like what was your uh what's your favorite one your favorite device
0: uh what is my favorite home device oh, s- okay, well gosh this this is like super benign let me i'm going to answer this two ways okay uh i think i think that the nest thermostat that we have which we've had it's i think it's the second generation Nest- What's it look thermostat? like? It's round and black. I mean, it's just okay. like, I, 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 th- I don't think it's the original. It might actually be one of the original ones. But anyway, by far, that was the most, like, revolutionary <laughs> smart home product that we ever bought because before then, like, thermostats were just a pain in the butt, right? And that was such a mm-hmm. huge thing. And, and yes, some of the other things that we have in our, I mean, the Apple TV is like, or even a Chromecast or a Fire TV. Those are all, like, pretty mind-blowing if you really think about it but that thermostat was a huge thing for us when we first got one and i i've loved loved and we still are using the same one that we have had for years and the thing i love about it is you just can walk up to it and you can turn it just like you could a physical one but it's it's also very smart and whatever so that and i can change it from my phone so like we can make the house warmer when we're coming home or whatever. So I like that. But I do think that probably from the perspective of what gets used the most in our house, it's definitely the nest home hub device that we have in the kitchen. Like um, it gets the nest hub max. Sorry, I should call it by the right thing. Um Like Beth will play Spotify on it all through the day or play the radio. Mm-hmm. You can watch Netflix or YouTube TV or any of those things. We don't really use it for that because we have a, you know, 65 inch television not that far away in the living room. Um, but seriously, the kids will be doing homework and they'll have a question, or they'll just have a, they'll be arguing about like a Marvel movie and they'll just settle it by asking Google. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. because, because it has a display, you, and I will say, compared to the Alexa ones, because I have reviewed some of them, I do find that the Google interface on those displays is far superior than the ones on the Amazon Echo Show. And I don't know if it's just because Google has some experience making things like Android and that kind of stuff. Um, But you can just swipe through it and, and control all of your devices. Like if you don't want to try to, gosh, what did we name that room? And what is that device named? You can just say to, you can just pull it up on the screen and turn lights on and off and stuff, which is kind of nice. I like that. So that's probably the one that gets used by far the most. So does that make it our favorite? I don't I don't know. I mean the Apple TVs are probably the most indispensable. Meaning if we had to get rid of we could clear everything else out of the house, that'd be fine. But we probably would keep the Apple TVs, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. So what do you um I was curious, what do you think is better about an Apple TV than a Fire Cube?
0: Hmm. Okay. So I think the user interface is better ish. That doesn't mean I think that the FireCube interface is bad. They're all fairly similar. I do think the user interface is better. I will say that I prefer the fact that Apple is not keeping track of all the things that you watch and Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not accusing Amazon of anything. I'm just saying like companies like Amazon and Google who's in for that matter, Roku, whose primary business is tracking what users do and then advertising. (laughs) They have an incentive that's different than Apple's because Apple doesn't, doesn't do that on that. um, and the apple TV is is as a device significantly more powerful than any of those other ones. Now, it doesn't need to be that powerful because playing games on it is not a great experience. like our there are some Apple arcade games that our kids enjoy, but they're just games aren't really made for it. Um, but I just I like the way that it seamlessly integrates with like our home pods, for example. so like we have a home entertainment, and the home pods. They're the original ones that they don't even make it or that they don't sell anymore. They're fantastic. Like, that is, as a home, it's not a Dolby
1: surround. I've heard, yeah, I've heard really good things about them. Yeah,
0: I understand it's not like a Dolby surround sound system or anything like that, but just for the simplest, like, three things, an Apple TV and two HomePod speakers is about the simplest but best home theater setup that you can get, so...
1: I'm old school in the sense that, or my hearing is not very good, or it's very good, depending on how you look at it. Like, I've only ever just used, um, I've had, like, some sound bars and stuff, but, like, with the, you know, the sound on the TV, I have never had the desire (laughs) for a richer sound experience. But if I did, if I, um, my brother has one of those, um, it's Amazon makes it, and it's a speaker that's, like, maybe 200 bucks, but, like, super, um Super smart, I guess. Like it can sense kind of what's going on or when it should be louder or quieter at certain times, whatever. So that's something. If I found it on sale, I'd probably pick up.
0: Yep. So when people are thinking about like which system, you know, which ecosystem should they should they get into? I was thinking we could kind of break that down just a little bit. And I guess we should start by saying you don't have to pick just one. In fact, um, one of the cool things that's happening right now is that the three companies. Along with all of the people who make third party devices have sort of all agreed on this standard called matter, which allows devices to communicate with each other backing up the worst thing about smart home stuff is getting them hooked up and connected, right? You mentioned yes. that for some devices, you have to have a hub, and just to be honest, that's the reason that we like the Google stuff the best is that 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 the the nest hub stuff those just they all serve as hubs so if you have one of those in your house the the apple tv does the same thing by the way if you're using HomeKit, but serves as a hub so like if you want to add any of the things that work with google assistant you don't need anything else you just can connect them to your wi-fi and they'll they'll use that as a hub whereas a lot that was one of the things that was kind of a pain is we tried to install like a light bulb in our in our daughter's bedroom so that she could turn it on and off using the alexa and had to like go buy a plug it's like but I don't really? Yeah, I had it to shouldn't be that. the
1: case in a lot of them, but there's so many now and some of them are sneaky and requiring something extra. Like this one behind me is a smart one, it was only like 30 bucks, but I didn't I'll, I had to download a separate app in order to get it connected. And but then,
0: you probably already have some device in your house that serves as a hub something you have like put those echo shows or those echo dots that we have don't serve as a quote hub for it. So we didn't have a controller device to control those other things. So like that was the problem. So I was like, forget it. We're just going to put this on Google because <laughs> like, it'll, because it connected immediately. So, so that's, that's the pain point for most people setting things up is getting everything connected, but matter is supposed to eliminate that. So what that would mean is that if you had a, um, in theory, so I might be, this may not be 100% true in practice, but like if you have a Google device and you have a Ring device and you have an Echo device and you have an Apple TV, they should all starting officially next month, I think November 3rd is the rollout. They should all be able to communicate with each other as long as they have what's known as a thread radio. The super quick explanation of that is it's essentially like in addition to having wi-fi or bluetooth or whatever other radio thread is a radio that allows the devices to communicate directly with each other so that they don't all have to like connect to like you could even in theory have devices that aren't in range of your wi-fi hotspot, but they can connect with each other and so that they can still connect to the wi-fi interesting that that's cool so, so
1: they can all play on the same playground even if yeah, it's a really
0: big one so you could use your if you're using the apple home app You could then control your um, other devices, like a Google Google device or light bulbs that previously didn't necessarily work. Like it, it, it's meant to make no matter. It's kind of funny that they're all working together because those companies don't work together on basically anything. (laughs) But when it comes to the smart home stuff, I think I don't know if they just decided, like, listen, nobody's going to win this, so we should all just kind of work together. So
1: right, I don't know many people who just go with one ecosystem because they're all good at different things or the best at different things and, or, you know, come at different price points. So, um, there's no reason why you shouldn't have to like marry one type of device or one platform in order to get what you want in your home.
0: Right. Like if I wanted to upgrade my Wi-Fi routers to Eero, but I don't want any of the other Amazon stuff, like those things should all just work together. It shouldn't really matter. So, right. but if somebody was thinking like, okay, so what ecosystem should I get into? I feel like there are two, ways that you could look at it. One is from the devices that are available, and two is the actual Smart Assistant, right? So that's Siri, Google Assistant, and Alexa. We, we talked about the devices that we have in our houses, and I just will briefly say on the device front, both Google and Alexa, or excuse me, Google and Amazon have a ton of Of devices. I started making a list and like Google sells speakers and thermostats and Chromecasts and doorbells and cameras and locks and Wi-Fi routers and, and home displays. And, and, and Amazon sells all the same stuff. They just have different names. Echo Speakers and Echo Show and Fire TV and Ring sells doorbells and cameras and Eero is their Wi-Fi. So like there's a ton of that stuff. Apple doesn't sell really any of those things except for the Apple TV and the HomePods. That's it. And then there are tons and tons of third-party companies that sell Light bulbs and ceiling fans and blind electric blinds and smart locks and doorbells and cameras and like so there are third parties that connect with them so really I don't know that anyone should be making a decision just based on the devices
1: right like yeah uh, I, yeah I, so I, it should be you should start with the quality what you're looking for in a voice assistant before yes. you're looking at what what devices you want so and the
0: interesting thing about that and I wrote an article we'll put the then put it in the show notes and i i feel like it still pretty well stands up and i'd be real i'll give you like my summation of it and then i would definitely be interested in hearing your response but when you think about like which is best if it i find that i use the three for different things right if i want to control something in our house those things are all connected to the google assistant so it's going to be hey, Google, turn on the lights in the office. And somebody's lights mm. just went on somewhere. <laughs> right? Like, that's... That, and because it's the fastest. When we ask Alexa to do the same thing, it takes, like, time. And it's like, that wasn't as instant as...
1: Yeah, it could be, like, five seconds. And then yeah. she'll be like, okay. Right. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, so, let me finish what I'm doing first. And then I'll get to your light. Right.
0: But when it comes to... Um, but, I mean, Alexa certainly has its advantages because you can be like, Alexa, order more cereal or whatever the stuff that you have set up through Amazon is, which is great. It has yeah. such a seamless integration with with Alexa. And I find that, um, you, you know, Alexa also is really good at kind of random things like what was the score of the game last night or that kind of stuff because they Mm -hmm. obviously put a lot of effort into that. But Alexa's pretty bad if you just wanted to know, like, this is a random example, but who was the actor who played, you know, Hagrid in Harry Potter? I think she'll come up with it eventually, but Google Assistant is so much faster because, hello, it's it's Google. (laughs) Like, it's Google, (laughs) right? So, and unfortunately, on the other hand, Siri is pretty much just terrible when it comes to a lot of it, except... Siri is super, super good at things like, hey, Siri, set a reminder to do this when I get home, right? Like she because it's already built into our phones and our watches and all that stuff. And Apple has the reminders app on the iPhone for those sort of task like things. I do find that Siri is very, very, very good.
1: Right. I I appreciate Siri for being on my watch wherever I go, just because that way I can set something and just leave like. Now, like I put something in the oven the other day and I was going upstairs, I'm gonna forget about it, but I just look, you know, you know talk to my watch and say, hey, set a timer for 20 minutes and wherever I go, I'm, you know, my watch is gonna start vibrating and it's also not gonna bug me so much as much as an alarm, but that's one thing that, I Appreciate about Siri,
0: yeah, and timers is a good thing because I do that all the time with Siri. And the weird thing though is that you can set multiple timers with Siri on your watch, but if that's the only Apple device, you can set multiple timers. I do not know that you cannot do it on the HomePods <laughs> and you cannot do it on the iPhone. I don't understand why. Why is the watch like the watch is not more powerful than an iPhone? <laughs> like,
1: why? Yeah, that's kind of wild. You'd think but, that they would patch that,
0: but that's that's the case. But um, I will say that unfortunately, Siri just does not get. Have the same like breadth of information about things. And I don't know what it is, but series like artificial intelligence just does not seem to be. It's just, well, first of all, it's definitely not on par with Google because. Google is Google, right? There is really no right. better. Better. Google is
1: God. Well, I mean, they just—that's
0: what they do—is answer questions. Right.
1: They, <laughs> so, the original purpose of Google was, to, you know, to be the answer for for everything that you could find on the internet. So why would they not have the most advanced voice assistant?
0: Right. So whereas it's it's now one thing that's fun is I can just say to my watch, "Hey Siri, turn on the television in the living room," and she'll do it. Like she'll just turn on the Apple TV in the living room. Or even more often is when the kids won't stop watching a movie or do something i'll be like turn it off and
1: it'll just oh nice it'll just turn
0: it off for us which is really kind of nice but um i can't say like turn on the tv and put on the sports game where i can actually say to google assistant like hey turn put on such and such uh you know the michigan state game in youtube tv in the living room and it, it just knows how to do all those things which is just crazy
1: yeah, I I appreciate that too. I'm actually trying to be a lot more cognizant of like putting the remote down and just using my voice more because we're so used to, you know, how we grew up was we used a remote. You turn on the TV, you flip through the, ch- well, back then you flip through the channels. You didn't, you know, pick your streaming device. So I like, turn up the volume, turn it up by two, turn it down by two. And it really helps me to understand like what it's truly capable of because it's so hard to pull it. I'm like, cause I'll say, Hey, play The Handmaid's Tale. And I'm like. It just starts pulling up the episode. I'm like, how do I know if this is the latest episode? So you have to kind of wean yourself away from that a little bit and start to like trust the voice assistant is going to give you what you want.
0: So the other thing I will say that my I guess my overview is that generally the Google Assistant I find to to be the quickest and the best. I think that the margin is pretty small with Alexa. I think Alexa does a pretty good job with a lot of the things. It's just honestly my biggest. My biggest thing I just don't like about using Alexa is that I, the number of times that it tries to sell you something in an answer. Or in, when I say sell you something, I don't even mean, like, make you pay money for something. But if you were to say to it, like, you know, hey, dingus, um, <laughs> can you do this thing? It'll do the thing, but then it comes back with, and by the way, did you also know that? I, I'm like, I don't care. I
1: don't want you yeah, to I teach that. me that... something
0: right now. I just want you to do the thing I asked you to do.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I hate that. And it, she goes on and on, too. Yes. <laughs> so, and I have looked
0: everywhere in that app to figure out how to turn that off. And I cannot. And I don't think you can turn it off. And it's like uh, you you are supposed to be like auxiliary to my life. You are not the center of my life. So I do not need to have a whole educational conversation with you about all of the things you can do. I just want you to either turn the light on or start a timer or start on a lot like that's it. Or like I think it was like we oh, this is a great test. We we, we like to do this on birthdays because it's fun. If you ask Alexa to sing happy birthday, it will play a song. It will play a recorded happy birthday, like from Amazon Prime Music or something. Like it's not singing it to you, but it will do it. If you say to Google Assistant, um hey Google sing happy birthday to Jess. It will be like an AI computer generated voice singing it and it will insert your name into it okay. which I think is very cool. If you ask that Siri. That is cool. If you ask Siri to do it, she's like drunk. She just has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> she's like that it, is, cool. it is not my birthday. Do you want me to look something up? And I'm like, "What what is wrong with you? You just this is a pretty you would think that that's one of those things that would be hey, we should probably incorporate a way to sing happy birthday. People might ask it to do that, right? So Anyway, but so Google I think definitely wins on that test. But if you ask this happened, if you ask Amazon or Alexa to sing happy birthday, it will say, and did you know that for such and such you could subscribe to Amazon Prime Music and get access mm-hmm. to one? But I'm like, I just wanted to sing happy birthday. I don't care.
1: You'd think they'd have um, a paid version that would allow you to remove that if they it, don't, you know, just let you do it. But we already pay for Perfect.
0: Amazon Prime. Leave me alone. True. Yeah. <laughs> like, true. That should Fair be enough. the paid version. One of the features of Amazon Prime should be that Alexa does I get, not keep trying to sell you
1: stuff. I get a lot of random, like a notification. And I'm like, OK, tell me my notifications. And she's like, you bought this four months ago. How many stars do you give it? And I'm like, eh, I mean, that's kind of sometimes I'll just be like, no, I don't want to. But sometimes I'll just be like four. And they're like, great, this will help other other shoppers make the right choice. And I'm like, cool. (laughs) But it is kind of annoying and intrusive just by doing that randomly. So, yes. And
0: I know that it does really convenient things like tell you when your packages are coming and stuff. We don't use it for any of those things, although we do buy a ton of stuff from Amazon. But um, I think that the answer for a lot of people should be just if you see something if you if you feel like there's a device that would be valuable to have in your home an apple tv or a fire tv or a chromecast get that and then you can kind of build around it or if you really like the displays go to best buy and try them out for a little bit and decide what you want because you'll find that many of them do the exact same features for example our um you know our nest display that's in our kitchen will do the same thing that you were talking about where when you walk into the if I walk in, it'll say good morning, Jason, and it'll show me my calendar if I want it to. And if somebody else were to come in, it'll show them theirs. Now, the one thing that that Google has as an advantage there is if you're using Gmail and Google Calendar, it can do that. Whereas like if your Amazon doesn't have, I don't think, an email and a calendar service. It will it
1: can connect though. Like mine shows like my next meeting is like when I first, like when I go down there, I can ask it when it is. But Um, On the 10 and up, I believe they allow you to customize the home screen a little bit more so you can see which things you want. But it doesn't sound as intuitive as what you're describing with the Nest Hub, which makes sense because it's a, you know, it's a native Google platform.
0: Yeah. And it will also I realized this not that long ago that because our son tried to ask it a question in the morning before I had before it had seen me basically. And it would not answer his question because it was basically locked. Until and it, but it unlocked once it saw me. Like it would still show things like the weather, and it would show like the time. And you, there was a limited number of things, but you couldn't like ask Google questions at that time. Like I don't know, it was very interesting. But that's actually, add
1: different? Yeah, can you add different profiles? You could, but we just okay. We just, we just didn't
0: gotcha. because anyway, because he was at the time didn't <laughs> he? didn't have a Google account. Oh, like, he okay. doesn't have a I Gmail didn't. account, so he doesn't have a calendar. Yeah. But anyway, that was so- one
1: thing that was cool about the show when we set it up. This new one, it like it, it just asked like to, it didn't ask us to connect accounts. It just asked to take like a picture of each one of us, a name, and it asked us to like do like move your head around, kind of like you would for a face ID. And then everyone was in there. We didn't have to connect it to Google accounts or anything. It just knows who we are. But on the flip side, it doesn't automatically know my you know my email address is associated with my picture on there. Like no one else, I don't think, can see their calendars on that device besides me i don't know marcus hasn't tried it i don't think
0: well and the other thing that i noticed is so on on the google devices you can connect spotify and spotify you can have i think up to six profiles and you can assign a different one of those profiles to each device but on at least and someone will probably tell me if this is not true but on the echo sh- on the on the echo dots that we have in our kids rooms they they can connect to apple music Amazon Prime Music, I think it's called, I don't even know, in Spotify, but the problem is it only connects to one profile for each of those across all the devices. It's whatever I put into the Amazon app. So for example, if all three kids want to listen to music, if one of them is listening to something and somebody else starts doing it, unless the second person says, play it on Spotify or play it on Apple Music, it stops the first person's music which is kind of a pain because so we're like okay you guys only ask it to do spotify <laughs> you only ask it to do apple music but the problem is then it like it just it wasn't as into because they're all maybe it's because they were kids devices all of the accounts that are linked to it were the parent mine right because they yeah. so it was kind of a pain to do that but
1: i'm not sure i'm like the only one in my house who ever just streams music like, no one else does it. I know that my husband listens to music at work, like, on headphones, but, like, I like it. I'm cleaning, doing something, sometimes in my office. My kids are, like, never listening to music in their room, so we haven't run into that problem, but I don't think you can have multiple profiles, but that made me think of another question that I had about um, things that um, the Echo Show could do or not do versus the Google Nest Hub Max. I'm just going to put those words together. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so if we're opening up Netflix or something, you can't, we have, you know, we have different Netflix profiles. We have different Hulu profiles. Can it switch those using your voice, the profile? Because on Echo Show, you have to manually like, click to switch which profile you're on.
0: I don't think we've ever tried that. And to be honest, actually, this past week, we actually canceled our Netflix. We probably should. Like, There's a topic for a future discussion. We after like it said something like you have been a member for 15 years. And I'm like, oh,
1: God. It's <laughs> <"Cancel." laughs> <laughs> like, thanks for calling. There's
0: nothing that we watch on there. There's just lit- of all the things like we couldn't cancel Disney Plus or else our children would kill us in our see, We don't have that. so. So, and we can't get rid of Discovery Plus because that's, in and in Pe- in, I think we have a Peacock because that's mm-hmm. where all of the Harry Potter stuff is or whatever. And anyway, but we used to get, well, we'll save it for another thing. But we do Yeah, that could be a whole
1: episode about what streaming, streaming services We should definitely do one have. on streaming services. Yeah. But we mm-hmm.
0: definitely did a, we, I think we have it, when you cancel it, it lets you have it through the, whenever you've paid it. So we have it through the end of, through like November 15th, technically, like, that's when okay. our, so I'll, I'll, I'll check on what you just asked and, and let you know. So
1: as long as you don't cancel um, uh, Apple TV Plus, because they make the best shows. Right. But like, also, we, right
0: now. but I'm pretty I don't even know if we've we started paying for Apple TV Plus yet. I don't even know, to be honest with you. you should, Probably I, do, I
1: pay for, I pay for it, but you know, I don't pay for HBO Max, but that's going away. So that's that could be another thing that we talk about. Cause HBO Max is getting absorbed by I forget who. Well, they um, they
0: merged with Discovery Warner. Disco- yeah, Discovery. that's what I was. Yeah,
1: yeah, which is a really odd merge. But like, if you're an AT and T subscriber, you get HBO Max for free. So I'm kind of wondering what uh, AT and T is going to do to to offer something similar because that was kind of a perk. It's one of the more expensive streaming services. Yes. Okay.
0: We'll definitely add that to our. I'm going to even yeah I'm putting it on our list right now. So for a future episode. Okay. So um, the the last thing I was going to just sort of. I guess, mention about the home sort of devices and figuring out like what makes the most sense for people is I think that the really like your determining factor is not going to be which category of devices and they're all going to sort of work together more seamlessly. At least new devices should work together Mm -hmm. more seamlessly. And so I do think that like the best advice for people is to simply – Like, what is it you need? Do you want a dot? You you want a thing you can talk to that will tell you the weather and you want it in your kitchen? Like, do you want a display or do you not want a display? And if you want a display, you're going to get an Echo Show or Google Nest Hub Max or whatever. And that's fine. Just like play around with them. Find the one that you like the best. If you do find that you want to control a lot of third-party devices, I do think that Google Assistant does that a little bit better. But if you want to be able to talk to your device and ask it to buy you things, then probably Alexa is going to be better. Right. Like you just have to kind of play with them and decide. So
1: I was going to say that if you're if you're a heavy Amazon shopper um, that should give a lot of weight to the um, to the Amazon Alexa devices, because, I mean, not only is it easy to order things, but, you know, as soon as something shows up in here and it's almost every day, we have something show up from Amazon and it will ping all your devices or whichever ones you choose. And so, like most of the time, I don't even have to go to the door anymore because one of my kids will get it, <laughs> um, and it's just really nice because. And you know, they leave. You know, and it's easy to pick up your pick up your stuff, so it's not sitting out there if you don't know about it. You're not checking all the time, and um, it'll you know it, it will even go as far as like telling you like how many stops the way it is so you can track things. I don't Very have cool. a shopping problem, but <laughs> so. okay. So and, if- and oh, one more thing, one more thing. I do think um, we should uh, factor in budget if you uh, want the. A good device and you want them to be the most affordable i think you can't go wrong with amazon either and second place would probably be google and then third if you want the most expensive if you are one of those people i know some of you just want to have the newest and most expensive thing because it makes you feel good go with the apple home
0: yeah well i i think that's 100 percent correct that generally speaking alexa you can get the am i shouldn't say the alexa devices you can get the amazon echo ish family however they categorize them of devices I mean, you can get them for 25 bucks sometimes if all you want is. Oh, like yeah. A Echo Dot they do whatever. sales on them all the time, yeah. too. and, just and makes me
1: it, keep buying them.
0: When they do, like, Genius. Prime Day or they just did their early access or whatever the heck they call that, like, you can get ridiculous sales. So if you time things right, buy far the Amazon stuff. If you just want a house full of things that will talk to you, like, the, that's probably the best. And I think you're right. The Google devices are usually somewhere in the middle. And Apple doesn't even make that many, but I mean, I think that the HomePod minis are $99, which you can buy at least two Echo speakers for that same price. And the Apple TV, however, I will just close with this and then I have a question for you, did just announce a new Apple TV 4K, which would, so there are two versions of it. There's one that starts at $129, which by the way is worth mentioning because I think that one was like $100. They lowered the price a lot, which is Apple okay. never does that. So that's good. Um, and it's that one's Wi Fi only. And then there's $149 version, which has double the storage. You can plug it into Ethernet. And, it, and that one has the thread radio. So that $149 okay. version you can use as one of those Matter controller home, whatever devices. And so those, those are not out currently. Um but I I mean I'm sorry, they announced them yesterday as we're recording. So that was Tuesday and they ship later this month. So so yeah, okay I'm but
1: in, my, I'm I liked it when I had it so
0: yeah. So my question for you you asked me what my favorite I'm curious what your favorite home smart home device is.
1: Uh, it's either the nest or the fire TV cubes. Like okay. It's gotta be the fire TV cubes because I could live without a nest. Like sure it'd be annoying to have to like change my the temperature manually like I usually do it with my voice, like the, just an example, it finally got cold out here and we had to turn the heat on. You know, the alarm goes off via the fire cube and then I'm like, hey, echo, uh, set the uh, heat to 70. And by the time I snooze once, it's warmer and I'm like able to get out of bed. So like like going back to a manual system for that does seem pretty cumbersome. But with the fire TV, what I love about it is it's truly like an echo dot and a fire T- and a fire stick in one. So you get both functionality in the same thing. And I got them for like 50 bucks, which you really can't beat.
0: Nice, nice, nice. nice. Does Amazon even sell its own brand of a a smart thermostat? I don't think they do. Apple, the Ecobee is compatible with HomeKit, which is Apple's. Yeah, I looked at that one. But I don't like it at all because the Nest, you can just like physically turn it. The Ecobee is like a touch display app thing, and I don't like it at all. So, okay.
1: Okay. Uh, Apparently, there is an Amazon smart thermostat. Okay. There's a PC Mag article about it. Oh, yeah, I see. <laughs> Mine uh, are the ones with the mirrored thing on it, which are kind of cool, and, like, you just don't know. I never even touch them or think about them, really.
0: So there's a, yeah, Amazon sells a $59 smart thermostat. Um, works with. Alexa. I looked at these, yeah. Right. It does
1: not work with Google Assistant or HomeKit, though. Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't need a new one. I'm good with the nest that we have, and when it dies someday, we'll probably replace it with another nest. Just to be honest.
1: Yeah, so. I was, I was really. I think ours were like sixty, seventy bucks, and we got one for upstairs, downstairs. I call them different things. They're just easy to navigate. So.
0: Yeah. Okay, so off topic. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I know we didn't. We did a bad job of coming up but I've done a lot of traveling lately, so I have a um, new appreciation for. Travel apps and primarily, I mean, mostly airline apps I have used. I, I, I wrote an article earlier, no, over the weekend about how last week I flew all three major airlines within 36 hours. I flew Delta, then, then, uh, then United, and then American all within 36 wow. hours. Well, we came home from D.C. on... Uh, Delta and I had to go to Chicago for like five hours. And so I flew there in the morning on United, and then I flew home on American because I usually fly Delta, but Delta, I can't fly direct to Chicago on Delta. So I flew both of those airlines. And so I have been using lots of different travel-related apps. And I've, since I'm so used to using Delta's app, I did not realize how much better it is, especially compared to Americans. American Airlines' app, Um, and especially compared to... Well, United's app is actually fine. It's fine. It's not bad. It's not great. It's just fine. But Delta's is far better. But my favorite travel app... I just was going to throw this out there for people because I use this constantly, and anybody who's traveling, even if you're going to travel just once or twice, is an app called Flighty. It is the best... It's the most essential travel tool. It's a super simple app. Basically, you just put your flights in, and it will notify you if your flight is delayed before the airline does. Like wow, the number of impressive. times I get notifications on my wrist saying, "Your gate has changed," and like it's five <laughs> minutes later, and then the airline is like, "Oh, your gate has changed," <laughs> right? Like it tells you you can track where your current plane is so you can know ahead of time like oh my flight's going to be delayed because it hasn't even landed the plane hasn't even landed yet so and it does really cool things like it will track all like jess will be able to see this but it tracks like all of your flights for you and shows you like where you've been and oh, how cool. many miles you've flown and everything and they do so there's a free version and there's a paid version i will say that the the, the paid version is i think I'll have to look this up for sure, but I think it's like $49 a year. Yeah, it's, 40, it's $5.99 a month, $49 a year, or 250 bucks. you can pay once and never pay again. I should probably do that because I use this all the time. But if, you, if you're traveling somewhere, I promise you it's worth the $6 to subscribe for a month and then cancel it because it will just help you keep track of all of the different... Things nice. and if and if you use TripIt, which is a an app that you can use to like keep track of all your different travel itineraries, like mm-hmm. rental car, it'll automatically sync your flights into Flighty. So
1: excellent, that is, that is a handy. I
0: just wanted to throw that out there for people. They're obviously we have no sponsors, so they're clearly not a sponsor. But, <laughs> I was about to wonder, like,
1: are are they a sponsor? But they should be
0: because. <laughs> but I'm just saying this because I mean I pay for the app. Like no one's ever given it to me for free. I've mm-hmm. I, it's just an essential. Tool that I use, and I even get it like on my um my lock screen of my phone. Like it'll show me like my flight. And okay, stuff. cool. So, so that was my off-topic favorite thing. Do you have any off-topic favorite things?
1: So full disclosure, I forgot to do this part, which I usually <laughs> is like my favorite part to think about. Um, but I just totally slipped my mind this week. Um, but you made me think of one. You know, we just had um the early access Prime Day deals, and this is not necessarily all that techy, but it does have some like interesting technology in it so you can't see um jason on video but like my hair has gotten like super long it's like halfway down my back which is cool but also like i never do anything with it anymore because it's long and thick and take forever to dry so i found um i was just scrolling through prime day deals and i found um i'll get you a link to it so you can put it in the show notes if any of our long-haired listeners are interested Um, like a ceramic technology like super it like one of the, the biggest problems with drying long hair heavy long hair is that you get really, really hot, especially in the summer months. And it takes a long time. This one, it would, normally was like 70 bucks. I got it for 40. So a pretty steep discount dries my long, thick hair in like five minutes and I'm not sweating. I can, I can wear pants while I dry my hair. It's pretty revolutionary. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I, that's, I, I, that's... I highly recommend it. It, it was good. like, I'm actually, uh, drying my hair more often these days. So, you know,
0: and that, fully that's, clothed. That's quite the uh, statement <laughs> there. I can wear pants. That is the endorsement. <laughs> I can wear
1: pants well because, like, something you get so hot. Like, I have to take a break after drying my hair before I go back and do anything else because you just get too hot in there. I don't have to like <laughs> get a fan turn on, turn down the AC. Like those problems have been dissolved by just oh, wow. simply forty dollars on a new hair dryer. So.
0: Awesome. All right. Very cool. All right. Well, that is all that we have. Hopefully this is helpful for anyone who's trying to figure out some of the smart home stuff and we will talk to you next week.